Welcome to the Soul Too Early Sports Card Podcast, where all arguments are solved via Super Smash Brothers. That's Kai. I'm Maining Link. And today we are super excited to welcome Jay Mojo Sports to the podcast. Jay, how the hell are you doing, man? Doing great, man. I'm glad to be here. Listen, I, I can definitely speak for myself. I'm sure Kai would agree. Thank you for making time. Uh, I know you're in a different time zone right now. You are in California at the moment. So yeah. happy these schedules worked out. Uh, how you been? What's up with you? What's uh, What's going on in your life right now? Right now, we are laying low, chilling in California for a month. No shows, no card shows this month. Gearing up for uh, January and February shows. Are you kind of upset that like there's not really much going on right now? Like, would you want to be traveling for shows if you could, or like, are you very content to like spend the holidays at home? Like, you, usually, enjoy, like, yeah, yeah, usually during like Christmas time and stuff. Oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's the Man. most? Dude, you got the fucking VIP. Hey, Dad, bring the meatloaf. That's incredible. I wish my um, fiance would bring me a drink or anything like that. Never door's still closed, unfortunately. Let me ring but, the uh, dude, food next. Um, VIP, VIP experience in the card show world in real life. I can't believe that just What happened. an awesome um, thing. <laughs> so uh, that's my dad. Um, yeah, so, uh, back to the topic. So I was going to say that, I guess, like spend time with family and friends, um, in between, uh, Cal, uh, Northern California and Southern California, LA and Sacramento. Um, obviously my parents are here, um, and then, um, just traveling back and forth. So family and friends time is December and all my friends from college or from work or stuff come home. So we usually like do basketball and chill, you know, and everybody goes out and has a good time. Nice. Listen, it's like the off season, man. This is the off season is what I call it. It really is because I'm sure you're paying attention to car prices. If not every day, every couple days or so, um, auction houses continue to run. I mean, they had to take a little break for Thanksgiving. What a shock, but there's so many auctions going on at this moment in time. And it feels like car prices continue to kind of dwindle and go lower and lower. Like, what do you think about this? Are you worried about it? Or are you excited as a buyer? Does it make content more interesting for you? Like what, what kind of goes through your mind as we kind of see the market inevitably go down as a lot of things happen, but not really outlets for people to buy as much or sell as much, I should say. Yeah. I, I mean, so it's like, I, it's a give and take, right? It's, it's affordable now. It's getting more affordable to buy like actually what you want. And then it's getting more competitive to sell at shows. Obviously, you, you both set up, so you know. So it's a little bit more competitive. You couldn't, like, double extra money as much. Um, and you have to, like, form new strategies. But in terms of, like, the market adjusting, it's adjusting, um, which for me is a benefit because I can actually buy cards that I want. Like, Tom Brady's pretty affordable now versus when he used to be really expensive. So you can get a lot of cool Brady cards, and I've always liked him. Um, and then basketball is adjusting, and then football is just full of injuries. So it's just, like, kind of a mess right now. Yeah. And then baseball is always a good buy. This has been such a bad football season, quote unquote, for like if you were buying the quarterbacks, because just thinking about it off the top of my head, a lot of the guys that people were really hyping up or were hoping would be like potential playoff contenders or Super Bowl chances, like Hurts has been great. Mahomes has been good. Burrow. Allen has been, got Burrow hurt. got hurt, obviously, yeah. which just sucks. Um, Herbert's been fine, but like his team's letting him down. Allen is, I love Josh Allen, but he's a turnover machine. It's really, this is such an interesting time because 
most of the people that you would have seen uh, being sought being sought after at the national, and you know, you'd want to stack up on football either to sell or to hold into the season, kind of flamed out. And it's really such a hard time to figure out what to do in that football market, and even basketball wise, like eh, it's 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 okay. It's it's nothing's really like really moving the needle too much maybe chet stuff at the moment because like he's been like a hot sexy pick he has he has nice cards out because it's a year older and he's technically a rookie um because he obviously didn't play last year and this is a very strange time in the card world too especially with no shows or no major shows going on for the next six weeks or so give or take so the thing with too is the quarterback most people probably would want is stroud and he doesn't really have cards you can actively trade besides base and whatnot so it makes it tough i know and i actually i was wrong because the macau show is happening soon uh jay asked you this before off stream but hey are you attending the show uh yeah i can't make macau but i know it would have been a hell of an experience i would have loved to bring like a translator a camera guy and like some other people to guide us through and like film like everything but i want to do it in the future that's i really think that's what's going to happen dude if this show ends up being successful which i imagine it's going to whoever does attend who does make content is going to type it up it's going to be incredible you're going to see cards there that you probably will never see again in person or have been very rarely seen online uh, i hope people who do go uh enjoy it i hope that they take more of the experience than just the card show uh, Jay, I wish you were going. It's super sad. Um, I, I really am a fan of your content as someone who has also had the pleasure of saying up next to you in Dallas when you are filming or when you're not filming. You, you are such a pleasant person to be around when it comes to these show environments because like even if there was no camera crew in front of you, even if you were just like doing your own thing, you've always given people the time of day. You are super casual, super friendly. Like everyone approaches you and like I always feel like you have like a nice conversation across the board. Like what, how have you seen your car journey kind of change as you have shifted and, and kind of molded your, your journey into the content creation? Yeah. I mean, I think the cool thing about our channel is like, and it's from the beginning is like, it's just all been about community. Um, I mean, even all of us, like we all do the same thing. We sit up at shows, so we like have a good time, but there's always people who want to learn more about the space or learn how to join it. So I just, I always try to make it attractive. I want it to be fun for people. And like, they always say like, how can we 10 X and how can we improve the hobby? I think we should start with doubling the hobby, not 10 Xing it. Um, because it's just like, you know, it's gotta be fun. And I know that there's ways to do it where you can, I've said it on the channel, you could be a collector, flipper and investor. I mean, I do all three. I mean, I've lost money, made money. Um, I've got like 10, five rows of Sacramento Kings cards to my right that I enjoy looking at randomly. Um, but then in terms of like interactions and stuff, like I think it's cool that either way, if I'm on camera or off camera, like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm just a collector, like the person that's coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not any different than you guys. Like I still buy and, and speculate and like invest in like, you know, all the good stuff. You don't make like projection content though, right? You're just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my life. And like, this is how I enjoy the carball. You're not, you're not like super analytical. You're not putting uh, graphs up. You're no. not like. No, not really, man. Or not even at all. Like, it's not my thing. Like, I think other people can make, do a great job with that content. I just like, I'll buy somebody and then I'll either look. I mean, like I bought Trey Lance and he broke his ankle a week later and I spent like two grand and made the video and then we put it in black and white and I put sad music over it. But I didn't tell anybody go buy Trey Lance. I just said like, 
hey, I bought Trey Lance. I think he's going to be good. And then it happened. And I was like, shoot. You know what I mean? So, no, I don't really do, like, analytical stuff. But there's that's why, like, there's a lane for – I think this is the cool part. There's a lane for everybody in the hobby um, to, like, touch on different topics and, like, stuff. Like, you guys do the podcasts. I don't do podcasts. But I, like – like, I don't host a podcast. But I think it's cool that you guys are hosting one. And it's like not that serious. Like that's what my band says. Honestly, it says don't take yourself too damn seriously. I've been like trying to live off this. Like I feel like your podcast kind of like I've been listening in. Obviously, you know, Thank you. preparing for this. If you take yourself sixty percent seriously when you're not negotiating deals, you will be one hundred percent happier. Because at least for me and Kai, feel free to jump in here too. Like this is almost like a therapy session for me in a way, because like, it just lets me say whatever shit comes to mind and know that like, it really is taken like to heart when people really want to hear like what inspires or motivates them, whatever. But I'm just a guy. I'm just here. There is no on or off switch to me. This is just how I'm feeling in the moment in time. And it makes me feel better about like, Oh, this thing in, in cards is great. I want to express it. I'm, I'm happy to share it. Or, hey, fuck this. This is this annoying me. I'm not happy about this. Like, let's talk about it. I have an avenue to express myself. And, and I, at least in the last year or so that we've done this, I've really seen my card journey experience grow and change because people come up to me at shows now. Um, at the Chicago Spectacular two or three weeks ago at this point, uh, there was like an older, not an old gentleman, like a, a father with his two sons who watches our podcast. I was like, oh, I recognize you. I, I know that voice. And like he came up, he had a very nice conversation. I believe his name was Brian. So I, I hope he reaches out after this and, and was like, hey, man, like, thanks for the little shout out. I wish I, wish I knew his Instagram name, my bad. But like, it's, it's really like that sticks with me more than any deal or any transaction or any real experience. Because like it shows like, wow my uh, my therapy session on like how I, I talk about things is positive and people enjoy that stuff i think what jay was like what he was saying going back to his type of content about more like experiences uh deals vlog day-to-day -day sort of thing for me as someone who like is into cards already and knows about it not as beginner-ish like that's way more enjoyable to me than someone putting up graphs like I can check comps if I really want to I can like look at graphs on my own you know I get it not nothing against those people but for me personally like that type of content's way more enjoyable like I can sit and eat my lunch and watch that and be like oh that's cool I wish I was there you know yeah no it's cool and like I think too like I mean okay I'll ask you guys about the question like how long just quick like how long have you both been collecting well how many years um eight years probably Wait. about ten that's what I'm saying. So eight to 10 years. So I've been doing it since 2009. Like yeah. we obviously have the experience of collecting during like before the boom. So it's like, you're, we're like, I feel like we're the type of people who won't panic when shit hits the fan or goes up and down because we've been through it. You know what I mean? It's like the hobby wasn't this big. Like it, it can't get any, like when I used to collect, you were made fun of for collecting sports cards. Like, buying lebron james cards my friends used to be like what are you doing like why are you wasting your money and then like when i would make videos of my mail days like people wouldn't think it's cool um versus now it's like cards is just so big like it can't get any worse than like 2009 through 2013 was a tough time it was blowout forums blog tv three dollars and fifty cents per team for breaks um it was lebron autographs for like 250 dollars um it's just different times so I think that's the cool part about what we have and what you guys are talking about is like this community is so tight net. It's like, it's, it's amazing. 
So like when people complain, it's like, I think it's ridiculous. You want to complain? Let's take, I'll take you back to 2009 through 2013. That was a rough time to be a collector. And the post-recession America was like in the world, like obviously, but America was like in the shitter to be frank. I mean, we're, definitely, I mean, we're getting there now too. We're so getting there like now, but it's like, there's still so much money and collectors and like quality people in the hobby. I, I will agree with you that there are definitely a lot of collectors. I will push back a little bit on, I don't know who truly collects anymore and who truly is just buying at 80% comps and trying to move it to the next person. Because, and, and I'm not going to reveal any names here, I know of a lot of people who are buying on Instagram who then turn around and sell a repack or such, like a backyard or anything else. And there's a lot of people I know who do this who... I assume they're doing it because, hey, they make a quick buck. Or maybe they're... Dude, it's just so crazy. Like, there's a lot of individuals who are not sharing that information who do buy for repacks. And it just feels like there's no collecting in that space because the, the goal is very simple. To get this item, to move it to this repack, for someone to gamble on it, to then maybe hit the big hit, and then that item goes back into circulation again where it's most likely going to be bought again for less than eBay comps and cycle its way back into another repack. So that is the only thing I will really push back on because to me and the liquidity in the hobby today or the industry as I like to call it is not great outside of repacks these days. I feel you on that. But like that goes back to what I said, like there's room for a lot of different varieties and like cups of tea in this hobby. You know, those people that are doing that, let's be real, like they're collecting money. I mean, yeah, they're collecting paychecks. Yeah. But, but that's the difference, right? Like I think I sell stuff too, but I also collect like that's where you got to draw the line. Like, look at that jersey in the background of your thing. And then your Atlanta Braves championship thing. Like there's something that there with those items behind you at some level there, like for my, my Rogers signed jersey, you know, it's like yep. there's that, which I think a lot of people identify with more. Right. It's they don't identify with all the wins. And like I made 20 million dollars. Like that's why I don't really talk about money as much on the channel unless we're doing something really risky and just having fun with it. But like usually it's just very like. You know, but I get what you mean. And you know what, man? The repack thing is like a big topic right now. A lot of a lot of uh contents being made on that, which is interesting. Listen, uh, and first off, if if uh Jay's screen's a little blurry, blurry, apologies, like it just happens, like that's either his internet or stream yard, it happens. So apologies. This is a podcast, you're not you're not watching us, it's okay. Oh, um, they're not gonna see us? Uh no, they'll see us, but like it's fine. Wait, Listen, how blurry I'm, am I? Yeah, a little boring. It's I have a face for podcasting, but like only like the the audio kind. You don't want to. Okay, okay. Anyway, um, so we had Austin Austin on NPT cards uh, two or three weeks ago, and Austin, dude, I I love him. He's a, such a nice guy, super friendly. Gave a lot of insight into the repacking world just from his perspective. And I mean, he's not. He's obviously not the number one repacker. Obviously, that'd be incredible if he was. But he's someone who is a real player in that industry. He's just one person. So you think about all these kind of either price points or budgets or companies that run these. It's hundreds of thousands. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not close to seven figures, either weekly or biweekly or monthly spent. Really, kind of popping up an industry that if they vanish would probably drop another 30 or 40 percent almost instantaneously of how much liquidity they offer people and, and then like are able to cycle items out 
I got a question for both of you. Go for it. Let's say that repacking didn't exist and the card market was obviously adjusting. How would that affect cards if there was no repacks and nobody buying at those percentages? I'm, I I don't have an answer. I'm curious. They would just be lower, right? I mean, prices would just go down. You have to auction stuff at that point and whatever it goes for, it goes for. Yeah, I, I would say the cards drop instantaneously 30% again um, because someone is basically gambling on those repacks because there's belief that they have a higher chance of maybe not making their money back, but like enjoying the thrill of opening a pack or a card or gambling. The ceiling is much, their ceiling is much lower, but the floor is significantly higher on a good repack versus a box of cards. Because let's be real. If you're opening a pack or a box of tops, Chrome update, let's say, I don't know, that's 200 bucks, 250 bucks, maybe 300 bucks these days. Um, you might hit $20 worth of stuff. You might hit a base auto of a pitcher who like sells for $3 and a couple number cards that sell for five to six bucks each. It's like, well, shit, this is, this is worthless. I lost 90% of my money versus a decent repack. Let's say it's 250 bucks where the ceiling might be a grand, but the floor might be 150. So, and once again, I am not, I guess I'm advocating for repacks, but not intentionally. This is just my thoughts and you can take it or leave it as you want. I don't know. I can see the appeal for both. I am a notorious ripper of Japanese baseball, which I've accidentally created a market for, which we can talk about. But in terms of like actual like <laughs> continuous product being opened, I, I I steer away from both. I don't. I don't hope. I don't even. Yeah. I've. I mean. I don't know the market of it that well, to be honest with you. I, I'm going to learn. I'm learning now. About like what repackers are doing or yeah or yeah i don't i don't know the business for it like i i know obviously it exists and like i just don't know like the the buying process or how they sell or anything i don't know how that works so let me ask you something and maybe it's a little bit different for you and we'll get into the more influencer content creator side as well when was the last time you sold an item for full full asking price or full sticker price or full comps when was the last time that happened Honestly, I sold my Tom Brady autograph over the weekend for 3500 which I was shocked. Um, but it's also, it was out of five. It was a nice card. But Brady autographs, like, they're trending. It just depends which one. But it was a more desirable one because it was out of five. I sold for 3500 and I thought that was pretty good um, because I really wanted five. I asked five, and I was going to take three. So I got 3500 which I was pretty impressed. But, like, I don't know. In terms of full value, I don't know, man. Like, I, like... I really, unless it's like that Wemby that I just like experimented with and bought, I really like to buy between $20 and like 1000 right now. And even 20 to 500 is fun to deal with. Like you buy something for 280 you sell it for 350 That's how it used to be. You'd buy something for 80 you sell it for 120 You'd buy a Kobe autograph for 80 and sell it for like 120 if someone really wanted it. Remember, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, Kobe autographs were cheap. They were so cheap. I mean, eighty dollars. I remember that was my favorite price point to buy Kobe Bryant autograph paninis. It was, and he had that stinking twenty-four sticker because they were freaking out about him yeah. not signing him or something. But you buy it for like seventy-five to eighty and sell it for one twenty. Like that was like magic, dude. Before Kobe passed away, so this is early twenty twenty or late twenty nineteen, I guess. Like you could buy on card Kobe autos, maybe not the most desired brands, but pretty nice ones for. 150 to 200 bucks and they would be nice they wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world you wouldn't get flawless but once kobe passed away once COVID happened and like everyone was just kind of bored i 
I legitimately don't do not think you can get a Kobe auto from like Panini for under a grand, even if it was a sticker. I I would have to check, but I, I really cannot imagine the uh, the cheapest Kobe auto that you would want to own would be under a grand. Maybe you can get like a score one, like with questionable authenticity, but like you know, it's not really the same. It's kind of crazy. Um, moving through, though. So, obviously, Jay, hey, you have a YouTube channel. You're super popular online. What has been your, like, favorite experience you've had either because of the content you created or, like, interaction you've had with, like, a subscriber or a fan that, like, you were able to, like, bring to life because of content creation? I There's a couple. First off, I'll say the community interaction with, like, the kids. I like, I like being around, like like elevating the hobby for the for the younger kids because it reminds me of myself being in the hobby those are always my favorite moments and then subscribe interacting with my community like my subscribers they'll tell me cool stories they'll give me really amazing gifts um or they'll share like some part of their personal life where they got through something and like i really identify with that because i was bullied in high school um and then i you know a couple other things like i was made fun of for collecting cards which is really hard for me um, when I was in high school and all the people now were like, oh, those people are probably laughing, asking about cards. And like, actually they do. It's funny. Um, but I was really like, it was hard for me to be a collector. And like, I see kids now that like, they remind me of myself, but it's like, it's cool for them to collect now. So I think it's great. Like that's the mix and match. I feel like I see when it was hard for me between 14 and 17, those were tough ages for me. I played football. I was in school um, and there was just a lot of pressure and I was trying to get do really well and also collect and then people weren't appreciating the hobby. So like when I see subscribers share like their struggles and how the hobby helped them or if my video inspired them, like that's always really cool. Um, and then this one I'll, I will mention like this kid I met, his name was Jack Sawyer. He passed away. I met him when I was on my tour. Um, you know, he was dying of cancer and um you know, in the last month and he was battling cancer during my tour. And, you know, one of his like things was to want to meet me and we interacted and just, you know, he, he was, he was just like the, like, he's, I still think about him. He's like the life of like, why my, why, you know, and the fact that he wanted to meet me as one of his like wishes and like want to open cards with me. Um, I don't know, man. It just, it's bigger than the cards and the deals, you know? it's so much it's so much bigger like that kid and his parents they waited for me and you know we were filming and they're like the, mo the mom came over and she's like my son really wants to meet you his name's jack and i met him and i'll never forget that man and that kid he passed away about two weeks ago um you know he was he was in his early teens and like i don't know man it's just stuff like that where this hobby can bring me in in touch with somebody like that that i can bring joy to and also like it can change my life and change like my perspective and like make me think like you know out of all the bs that we talk about in the hobby like that's that's the story i'd rather focus on and like embrace and like live like let him live on through me um like his legacy like i want to live through that and like pass it on and like share the story of his life versus cards or and deals and comps and repacks and all this stuff comes and goes you know <sighs> Damn, that, yeah, that went to a place I was not expecting, um, and, and obviously a, a wonderful, I mean, give me a second, um, damn, yeah, I, I don't know, man, that is, that is the first time in a while that I, I am 
I'm truly speechless. I mean, I, I am very touched by by what you said. I I don't know if there's um, a way that someone like me who would want to donate or can donate if there's anything um, still available for for people. If you could send me the link after this, I'm gonna put it in the description. I'm gonna I'm gonna donate if there is something which would be amazing. Um, damn. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's yeah, that's tough. Um, obviously, we 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 take ourselves very. We... Fuck, I, I, dude, this is tough. You you have um you brought the mood down to a place that is wonderful because that is incredible view and like I think that alone that experience by itself. I hope you never forget. I hope you're able to like cherish and appreciate that every single day because it just it just puts shit in perspective like we joke around about sports trading cards and like we're able to to sit here and, and talk for half an hour an hour hour and a half whatever it ends up being about something we all love and, and someone who was facing the literal end of their life decided they wanted to spend time with you and just open a pack of cards man like you, you... thank you for sharing that Damn, you have changed the mood entirely. But I think for the better. Um, and all we can do is just like smile and understand the shit is not that serious. Yeah. I mean, man, it's like it just makes you appreciate what we do have, bro. You know what I mean? Gratitude. And like you'll see it at the next Al show. You'll feel something. You'll see like a kid and just like find yourself in that kid in some direction or way, you know? You both have it in you. Like, I'm sure you see these kids or like you see someone making a dumb mistake. You're like, oh, my gosh, I remember being that age. Yeah. The, the issue is I don't because I got into cards at 18. I I've always been aggressive. I've always been yeah, shocking, right? You and basketball card paradise, David. <laughs> I, uh, I would pay money to see you guys sit down and do like blind deals. I love Woods. Woods is one of my best friends. Woods, all is, sports cards. Woods is amazing. And what and uh, card junkie. Yeah, they, they are such a good partnership. Um, Woods Woods is a very good salesman, by the yeah, way. He, he he lays it on very thick though, and I and I'm his friend. I like to imagine I'm his friend. I don't know, maybe maybe if we don't make deals with our friends, but I have called him out like, dude, you are you are like doing you're too aggressive on this. Like, back off right now. And and he I think he maybe took a little offense to that, but I called him out on it. I am someone who who grew up in a very aggressive household. I'm the youngest of four boys. I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, so yeah. like that is like double aggressiveness to start and my 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 pops was old school new york so like it was it was very much like eat or be eaten mentality and, and good or bad that's that's what i grew up in i love it my love my family i'm super close with them but yeah dude i'd be lying to you if i didn't say that that um intensity is not led into my sports trading card world where oh yeah i can be kind of a jerk but it's only because I, I'm very critical of things because it is a way of showing love. Um, and I think I'm the first one or one of the only people who like will genuinely call out stuff I don't like. And and I don't really care what happens because there's no consequence to it. And, and I think an interaction with Woods is really funny in that way because I will butt heads with him and then like we'll make a deal and everything will be fine. Oh but he is Woods a character. I definitely am part of the issue as well. But I think this podcast in itself 
really kind of shines a light on, oh, this is just like, dude, even my fiance is like, you're kind of loud a lot. I'm like, I, this is just, yeah, this is who I am, which is hilarious that my fiance is just like, yeah, you, you are, dude, you're on another level sometimes. Like, I, I can't, I can't help it. Like, this is just who I am now. All right. I want to ask you both questions since we're on this gratitude kind of like experience thing. What is your guys' favorite memory from, because we're wrapping up 2023, favorite hobby memory or experience in sports cards that you guys can think of? Mine was the Jack thing. Ever or this year? 2023. Like this last year, 360, 300 something days, 330 something days, whatever it is. I would, no, I would say, I think this last national, not only because I did the best, like personally, but I think I it was the first time I actually like walked around and like enjoyed talking to people I've met more than the dealing part. I think previously I definitely focused more on the dealing part, but this is the first year I really appreciated and met people I didn't know, talked to people I have known, kind of just enjoyed the experience more. So I'd say that. That's that a cool. good one. I'm gonna piggyback off you because the first thing I thought of was the national. And and the experience there, I mean, you guys hosted a trade night with with Rob, sports car therapist, results me very there, uh, and that was cool. That 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 experience of like meeting with and like seeing collectors who you knew or the, like met online and like, hey, you're actually a human being. Like, let's have a conversation. That's nice. That's very pleasant. Um, you know, I look back at all the, of the year of deals I've done. Like, none of them stick out to me like as super duper crazy. What does stick out though is this past Dallas show. Lane, who was actually on our podcast uh last week now at this LJK point? Cards Lane. Yeah, I love Lane. Lane Lane's awesome. Yeah. He was like one of the first people I ever talked to in Dallas. I didn't know anybody. Lane is just Lane is just a pleasant person through and through. He's super friendly, super approachable when he wants to be. Just like a good, good person. And, and someone who I'm very happy to ha- have as a friend. Um, he ended up getting the penthouse accidentally um in Dallas. They gave it to him like I guess it just was not booked and they gave it to him and it was just like us, uh, Liam. Oh my God. I forgot Liam's Instagram. I'm Lily Grafts. Lily. Yeah. Lily yeah. Grafts. I know him. Liam's Liam, super down to earth. Um, some of the guys from all were there. Um, Chris Jackson. Chris and Jackson, Matt. Jackson. Yep. Matt, uh, national treasurer, national, national treasurer, Matt Levine. I know all these yeah. people. It's awesome. Yeah. It's almost like when you're good and you have like that good energy to them, like you want them to be around, like around your peers. Um, Porzingis collector Jay was there. His cousin, Jordan. Who else? There were a couple people I met that whose names I'm forgetting, but like, it was like eight to like 10 of us just bullshitting in, in the penthouse, laughing, hanging out, um, some deals were made lane ball for repacks for Layton. Uh, Alt was trying to close a couple deals, like, but it was not card focused, it was people focused. Like, hey, we're all like like minded individuals, we're bullshitting here. Like, dude, I laughed my ass off. We just like hung out. I I did not go to a single trade night that entire Dallas experience, and I, I am much happier, um, as results. Um, and I will remember that much, much more than any deal i did that show which was fine because even now not even a month later i i could not tell you any deal i did that show but i can tell you that i really enjoyed myself hanging out with my friends um and, and just being part of something that i really 
I really loved. And that was, and I'm very grateful for that. Dude, that's the, I love that you shared that both you guys shared on like, you got to interact with the community and like when you meet that instagram person you don't know their face i don't experience it as much anymore because like usually people are they recognize me and then i introduce myself and they're like oh i know who you are but i was like in my mind i'm thinking i want to know your username but you know that first time when you associate the face with the instagram name it hasn't happened in years because we just keep seeing each other yep it's been like two years since i've experienced it actually no i experienced it it's like a super collector a jamal crawford super collector that i had known for years i was like oh my gosh but i love that you both shared about that because it's the relationships it's so interesting to me that like i mean instagram hobby drama and instagram in general is just like it's not real um but that's trauma not content <laughs> yes i had to say it all right keep going it's fine um when there's drama on Instagram or even Facebook, like nothing actually does happen to that person who's like involved in the drama or did something wrong. But it's ironic in a way, and I keep on snapping. Um, it's ironic in a way because someone who is a notable high-end dealer um was getting a lot of crap because I was actually trying to figure out who this person was, like had they been to shows recently, and after talking with a lot of collectors who had dealt with him or will not deal with him anymore, it's so interesting to me that like the online presence of that person has basically vanished. Um, and now that even their physical like ability to be at shows is probably in question as well because of how much they've managed to cause a ruffle online. You have to really do something bad or be continuously bad to deal with for me to notice like, oh, hey, you used to be very popular online. Now you're gone. And, oh, you've not been to shows in a while. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe you're finally learning the mistakes of, like, what you've done. Or maybe not. I don't know. It's it's super... Hobby drama just is hilarious to me. Um, because nothing really notable comes out of it 99.9% of the time. I feel like most of the time it's happening when there's, like, not very many shows. And people just want to pick up something to talk about. Like, like right now. Like, they're picking up, like, this repack. And there's, like a bazillion different Instagram accounts posting about it. And it's like, because they're like, everyone's bored and they want to pick up something like, versus like, why don't people like, why don't people talk about like Christmas time and like cards and like what you, what your grail is before the end of the year? What like reflect on the year? Like, what did you pick up that you enjoyed? Like, why don't people like people who should make like content about that? But obviously I get what you mean. Like, yo, honestly, this has been the rule since the beginning. The blowout forums is a perfect example. I was, I love the blowout forums and the hobby polices itself very well, but I will say the hobby forgets as well. Yep. Dude. Like I've seen, I'm not going to say, I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to take myself. Jay, go crazy. Yeah. I no, I've ask. seen, I've seen people who scammed and I've seen them at shows walking and it's like nothing happened. And it's I'm crazy. Mind, it makes no sense. I, I mean, Jay, if you want to name names, I will match you. So we're no, gonna no, do no, that. No, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, Let's no. keep it, we'll just keep it anonymous, all right? Oh um, man, I, dude, so, I want to go down Titanic style. Like you could be Jack and I could be Rose. Like no, we can no. just, we we'll, stay we'll, together. It's fine. We'll keep it together. So I will say on your point, it is interesting though because when someone really messes up, they really some of them do disappear. Um, like I don't know, I that guy. Uh, God, I'm almost gonna say the name. People disappear, and in my mind, I'm thinking they must have done some really bad stuff to not want to come back. Like they can't show their face because of something they've done or something like that, right? 
one name and, and sorry for the little edit there um, that I kind of brought up earlier in the podcast and I'll, I'll just say it here, sports car therapist, Rob. I like Rob a lot. Rob is a good person. Now sports car therapist, the Instagram entity, uh, eBay or YouTube account podcast is, is different, but the person I really like, and for him to unfortunately lose, at least at this moment in time, years of work and goodwill and all the stuff over shilling cards, which is definitely not good, but I can think of a lot worse things is crazy. Um, and as of recording today, so this is November 28th. Did he delete his account or something? So his Instagram is deactivated. His YouTube is white. His really? Apple and Spotify are gone. Um, I don't know what that process would look like to reactivate that stuff. Um, I think in this instance, his apology was worse than his crime because the apology was bad. He probably should have like let things lie for a day or two or three and then prepared something. I don't know. But, oh, there's nothing left on his page. I'm shocked. Uh, I didn't even no, know. He's All not- I heard about with this was that he bid on some stuff and then I thought I didn't hear anything else. Like he bid on some of his PC cards, but like I, yeah, I didn't know that they deleted or it was that I didn't even understand what was going on. Years of work, hours and hours and hours of the identity of sports car therapist is wiped away due to Eli Manning prism cards or select cards. It's crazy. Like, I, I really do feel bad for him as a person. Yeah, I've met him a couple of times. He's always been I've I literally was on his podcast like two years ago. He was always pretty nice. Super, super pleasant in person. Uh, Kai, can you can you confirm that? Yeah, you very good dude. Probably one of the nicest dudes I've met in cards, honestly. Like, good person. Bad decision. Did not deserve to lose everything. But yeah. he also did it to himself. He willingly took down his podcast and YouTube and Instagram. Was he just getting so much flack that he deleted it? Or was there a reason he deleted it? I don't know any of that. Maybe there was more stuff that could have been found and he try to just get ahead of it i don't know i'm speculating at that point so don't tell me that i'm I'll wrong tr- i'll chime in on something so i have no idea about card porn but i found out late that that account was removed but i feel like when that account was up i feel like it was easier to understand what happened because there was no like i feel like that story yeah. or whatever like didn't get broadcast or i i don't really i don't really watch content about that stuff but i must have missed the mark because it's not like there's not some pay like i was never a thing for whatever card porn was doing because it was very dramatic and whatever but there i think there's not like a central page that tells us this happened i didn't even know what was going on i think sports card radio did a decent breakdown of it um were they no i'm just kidding no yeah how does it feel also though, like subscriber wise you are i believe number three or four in terms of total subscribers on youtube for sports cards like that's pretty crazy that you are confidently in the top 10 probably in the top five i mean we're transitioning from that last topic so it was nice all right yeah, um exactly. yeah yeah that's good a good that was a good transition so um i think it's awesome i think like i'm definitely in that top i would say top 10 um but yeah it's just you know youtube's a grind for sure and you and david and i have talked you and i have talked about this blood scene about analytics and what we can do to improve the channel um i'm trying to get i've gotten less tied into my views and more tied into like quality content and like making things i like and then giving back to the community with my resource of just trying to bring like bring everybody together um but yeah it's been pretty cool to get in that to obviously gain the traction 
have you gotten any opportunities from like Panini or Tops or any sports league as a result of like your YouTube standing or like as an influencer in general? Or is it more like affiliate deals or, or small stuff? Like anything like you have been able to not gain, but anything you've been able to experience um, as a content creator that you would not be able to otherwise? The New York Mets, man, that was the coolest thing. Like they reached out to me. I was in their team store. I was at a random New York Mets game. And uh, one of the guys came up. He's like, uh, can I help you? And I said, uh, no, I'm good. I'm just looking around. These cards are pretty cool. And he's like, uh, okay. And then he walks. Like, can I help you? And then I said, no, I, I'm just looking. And he's like, are you on YouTube? And then I talked to him. He put me with a market. He's like, we want to do something with you. And I think four months later, I'm at the Dodgers Mets game with a field pass, uh, like six hours before the game. And I'm showing off the Mets memorabilia store and their baseball cards. And um on field um just experiencing that and got like a one day kind of like i call it a one day contract but it was like a one day just being an influencer with the mets and showing their game use program on like a baseball belt uh you like game use so when a ball's hit they put the hologram and they sell it in the store so i got to sit behind the mlb authenticator it was one of the coolest experiences i like that better than like any card deal i've ever besides okay Cade cunningham with whatnot was really cool and then Derek jeter with arena club uh i guess those are pretty cool but the mets the mets was like no hobby person like has like had tapped like that into that part of the sports world so i thought it was interesting and i'm a big game used autograph collector so i thought it was really cool what did you do with key cutting because i actually was not aware of this yeah so whatnot did a deal with him and he opened cards with us he was actually really interested in the cards i'm sure he would i mean if people brought it up to him he'd remember it because we we basically opened flawless with him and uh like you know introduced him to the hobby and auctioned some stuff for his for Cade's closet for his charity so we were helping promote his charity as well on the thing um and he signed a bunch of stuff for uh giveaways on whatnot were they psa 9 autos though or, or bgs 9s or has that worked? you know what the grapher in me i feel like everyone there was like all right we'll just get him to sign you know in this black sharpie and i'm just like and I'm testing the markers. I'm like, everything's got to be done like this. And I put the jerseys out. I was like, make sure the pens are prepped. And they, I was basically setting up this signing station for him. And then when he was auctioning stuff, I would grab the phone and show him with the item. Because I'm like, we got to freaking, we got to sell this stuff. He signed it just now. Kind of going off that, I know a lot of your older, I don't know about a lot, but you did a lot more content with like graphing back in the day. How did you kind of transition, not transition fully, but like, more towards cards than drafting. Yeah. I always collected cards, man. It just wasn't really the content. Like I have yeah. old videos. Like my honestly, my first channel has so much gold on it. I'm gonna do a video react to my old videos. But I, I always enjoyed collecting autographs and meeting the players. And if the player wasn't cool, like I didn't want to collect their cards, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was always an a plus. Like I met Donovan Mitchell as a rookie year. He was actually really cool, signed a couple things, I'll never forget it. And then like I had Dame or KD recognize me in like three different cities and finally be like, yo, what's your name, man? I see you everywhere. And like, so, it, it was like that, like where I was like, all right, I like this. And he knows I'll keep it. Like I have a Kevin Durant signed basketball in my closet that like priceless. He put my name. All right, real, real quick, because you, you said it, I'm going to tee you up for it. Who was the nicest pro athlete to you? And who was the most like jerk? Like who, who would like you never collect now? Like you, if you could avoid it. The nicest was, man, that's a great question. Um, Jeff Green. 
No way. Ironically, he, that guy would oh. sign anything you want. He went to Georgetown. He was on the OKC Thunder. He was just one of the nicest guys. I know who he is, yeah. And then Jarrett Jack gave me his shoes when he was with the Warriors. He was really cool. And then Steven Jackson had given me some of his mixtapes one time and like just like took a liking to my personality and how aggressive I was for an autograph. Um, I've had some fun memories, man. Like, I don't know. I had da- Damian Lillard, like, I've had some fun interactions with him where he chirped back at me and I'm like, well, if I was selling your stuff, like, why do I have all this on my wall? I still have it too. And he's like, all right. And then Damian Lillard, like, I swear he never forgot that um but like i don't know i'd say that those list of players were cool um do you want to know the worst yes that drum roll nice is, nice is great nice sells but not nice is more interesting oh and meeting kobe was incredible i cried when i met kobe two times met kobe. i love the autographs um lebron james is not very nice when I was 14, I'm going to tell this story as quick as I can. I'm 14 years old. I'm waiting for LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all walk out at the same time of this restaurant. And I, my friends and I were trying to get their autographs. Everyone, it was the Miami Heat, man. They were, they were so, it was such a big deal, that team. LeBron was killing it too. I think Miami Heat LeBron's like my favorite. Um, but he walks out and I look, I'm like, yo, LeBron, I, I've been waiting for a while. Can I please get a picture with you? And he looks at me and like puts like, like kind of like taps and he's like nah bro i'm tired (laughs) and uh i was just like so lebron was tough he's not a big autograph signer he's like in the upper deck family which like is if you're with upper deck you're pretty much tough to get an autograph from it's like the rule of thumb tiger lebron jordan gratsky's nice though gratsky's like the nicest guy ever so funny so basically you just gave ammo to anyone who says mj's the goat because uh they were mean to you because uh lebron was mean to you no Um, gosh darn it it's m it goes mj kobe lebron and you know what if i take lebron's how i feel about lebron treating me and not signing autographs for 14 years straight when i tried for his autograph it was just like i tried for lebron so many times he's just not a it's nothing personal he's just not a good autograph signer i'm sure maybe toward the end of his career he might sign kobe was a tough autograph for a while and then he went through his stuff and like became a signer um and ebbs and flows i'm more annoyed that you said kobe or uh yeah you said mj kobe lebron that you yeah. said right yeah because i watched kobe play against the sacramento kings when i was a kid and he dominated and i I mean, LeBron, if he wins another championship, like all I could, you could, you could have an argument. I agree with Jay's order 100%. I hate both of you. You're both wrong. What is your top three? If it wasn't those guys, do you have a different order? I have it as MJ, LeBron, Kobe, not Kobe, Kobe. Oh God, where'd Kobe be like? Oh my God. You're not ranking Kobe in the top three. No, absolutely not. I would need to think about this more. Are you Um, biased? Are you biased to a Boston Celtics player, Bill Russell? No, I wouldn't put Russell at three. I think, like, you have an argument for Kareem at three. You could put Magic possibly at three or four. Um, Do you know who I put at five? What'd you say? Do you know who I put at five? Who do you put at five? DeMarcus Cousins. Okay, yeah. You know what? Now I've heard everything I need to hear. Oh, speaking of Where do you rank Curry? Wait, wait. Actual question for both of you. Where do you rank Steph Curry in the top whatever NBA? What would you put him at? At anything? What number is he? He's got to be top. 15 top 10 now right i yeah i was gonna say like 12 to 15 range but like if you put them in your top 10 i think, I think, like like top I think five through 10 ish 
Yeah, I, I still think, I, I agree with both of you, but I also think this is something fun to bring up. I This is my opinion. I feel like most kids want to be like Steph Curry right now. They don't want to be like LeBron. Yeah. Well, I mean, kids, you see all Kobe at, at the basketball like courts. That's us. I yeah. I know that. But but now it's like, Curry. I, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. And then what Curry... about Luka? What's going on with Luka? I don't know. I, I have to not like him. It's not like Trey Young, but he's. I don't, Trey, know. Um, I don't think he's that like likable besides Mavs fans. But I could. Well, I thought Luca was so marketable and he was crushing. Like, what happened to him? I don't know. They just Never don't win. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kai, you could have had Luca on your team, and I'll I'll put up a picture of him in the um, Hawks cap here, just to oh. annoy you if you ever watch this, but you won't. Trey Young, a Trey Young made me money. I'll never forget. Trey Young has. You Trey Young beat the Knicks, and I had four cards, and I cashed out right after that series. You cannot buy a Trey Young card now at any price. Want to be confident? Why is that? Why does he just because like, you can't hey. sell it? Like Trey Young's market is the act for his talent. Trey Young's a very good player, by the way. For his talent, he has the fucking worst market in all sports cards why i don't know his market is his market is continuously shilled there is no i i do not feel confident buying his cards at any prices and he is actually very talented it's just it's just one of those things i'd rather buy shay than trey i mean yeah no shit wait i got okay no shit of course okay so i have a question now what are the top three most liquid basketball players, current players, right now? I mean, it's got to be like LeBron, Curry. Yeah, LeBron, Like, no Curry. young guys, really. I mean, like, Chet's stuff is doing really good, but I wouldn't say he's liquid. I would, consider, yeah, I would consider Giannis, Giannis liquid, Jokic liquid, SGA is pretty liquid. Isn't it crazy? I wouldn't even call Durant liquid right now. Durant? Durant? Oh my mm. god! Don't even get me started on Durant. I used to buy those that stupid tops rookie, the white border one. I bought it from MPT Cards. Luckily, we both won. But I would. I remember doing a deal with him for like four hundred to seven hundred dollars on those dang PSA seven rookies in Dallas mm. in our Airbnb. And I thought I was like, ah, these are the best cards I've ever owned. Oh my god! I sold them immediately. Um, as long as you made money there. Um, Wait, can I tell you one of my worst buys? Go for it. Go for it. Oh, you guys are going to love this. I think I still have it in my safe. There's two of them, but I'll tell you about the one that I just need to share. Do you remember when the LeBron James Lakers first jersey card, the prison card? I paid $800 oh, no. for that card. No, you didn't. Yeah, Wait, yeah and I kept on. it down until it hit like 300 And I sold it for 250 and I sent PSA 40 of those raw and I got rid of them immediately. And I lost like, I lost some money. I had to pay. I didn't want the order back from PSA. That's how bad it was. I didn't even film it. I was embarrassed. It had LeBron's and it had the second year Lucas. And um, remember when everyone was like, oh, it's his third year card color match. I had a yikes no. PSA order. You remember the LeBron revolution, right? His first one in a Lakers uniform. Oh my god, that card! I the feel like pop was like forty thousand, I think, or something so, crazy. I believe Nady. Yeah. Oh my. Sent god. like two thousand of them in. No more than that. I think he sent like tens of thousands. 
Could he have been the entire pop report for it? I mean, not obviously. But Those like, got like backdoored or something, a bunch of them, and tons of them just got graded. And then you sold them? No, yeah. I, I, he made, he sold them, I imagine. And I'm sure he made a ton of money on them. I think people were buying them for like pennies and grading them for 15 bucks or whatever, and they sold them for like 40. Yeah. I mean, right now, I was just curious. Those sell for 21 bucks. That LeBron, that stupid LeBron card. Yep. yep, that LeBron Revolution that rookie, sorry. LeBron Revolution first Laker card sells for 21 bucks in a PSA 10. Which is the same price as a Trey Young Prism rookie PSA 10. I was selling Trey Young PSA 10 and 9 rookies for like four to four hundred to seven hundred dollars. And I That's had all the, you know I had all the Trey Young rookies because of freaking autographing. I was trying to get him to sign a bunch. Was he a was he a good person or was he bad? He signed for me one time at two in the morning when the team came in. He was actually pretty cool. Oh, wow. that's cool. Um, okay, wait, okay. I'm gonna tell you guys three three numbers and three players that I, I I'll never forget as long okay. as I collect. All right, Luca card number two eighty, PSA ten. I remember that was fifteen hundred dollars. That's the first one. That's the, the base card, prism rookie, right? Yeah, the second one is a Zion base prism rookie PSA ten, which was about eight hundred seven hundred fifty to eight hundred. And the third card is Fernando Tatis, his rookie, PSA 10 Series 2, which I spot for 70. This, that was the one win I did have. I bought like 75 of them for 60 to 70 bucks each and was flipping them for between 250 and 500 each. Tatis was my moneymaker until he started doing whatever the frick he was doing. I got out of him. But those three cards I think about a lot. So yeah. for reference, I only checked one of these. Luca Base Prism 10s. 200 bucks. Silvers, last one sold for 1260 yesterday. That was like a $10,000 card. The silver Dude, 10. When, when Luca hit the three in the bubble to beat the Clippers, that is the, that is the, probably the that's best moment in his career. That's probably the best moment in his career, give or take. We were right? in Dallas during that, weren't we? No. No. Um, that was like in the middle of COVID. I think people were still maybe Dallas show was going on, but like maybe people were not traveling at that time. When he hit that three, base prism tens were two grand, and silvers I believe were six to seven k. And that was the apex of his market. Maybe the apex of his career at this moment in time. It's up for interpretation. It's a really good moment. Um, those are down a lot of money. Like it's super scary. I couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't buy that Lucas Silver for twelve hundred. I wouldn't pay five hundred bucks for it. I'd rather take that twelve hundred and buy a Tiger Woods auto and like lose a little bit of money. Like that card just seems like a trap still. Those dude, like those cards exist. Like these, like very common prisms or selects, non-numbered silvers or base just exist as cash adjacent items and deals. They like, sell I, though. They sell. Don't, I feel like you. I feel like we move them. The LeBron James Chrome rookie moves no matter what. Well, yeah, LeBron does, but like the Lucas or the Zion's or SGA, like any any player in the last five or so years who has like a ton of silvers or base or whatever nines or tens, they just exist as cash adjacent items where you take them back in deals, you sell them for eighty percent or eighty five percent of your lucky, and you just you get the cat. They're one step away from cash at any moment in time. They hold no actual value. They hold no intrinsic value. They have no collector value. They exist as a way to get to cash. And if I move my most expensive item right now for 
a hundred of those Luka base prism tens or whatever, I'd be perfectly okay with it because I'd be like, oh, cool. I got my number in cash. I just have to move these basically junk items. These have no actual value to them whatsoever. They're like add-ons to deals so you can make your bigger card bring the price down. Exactly. That's what I did with the Wemby. Um, okay, so for you guys, you got to tell me a card that somebody was buying during COVID and you guys in your mind were like, this is a horrible idea. Bowl Bowl. Hey, he could oh, still be good. That's a really good one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I have no idea. All right, what about you? Uh, a player or a card? I mean, oh, I remember Rui's stuff got crazy for oh. a while. Rui Hachimura. Yes. He's all right, but he's not a star. Yeah. He, he was pretty bad. Or his stuff was pretty brutal. Um, Colin Sexton's stuff was really expensive for a while. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, Kevin yeah. Knox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was buying Cam Reddish. I did well on some of them, but he's he's still actually not that bad, but his stuff just tanked. I mean, it took him like three years to actually get like a decent role on the Lakers. I mean, on yeah. any team, actually, I should say. I mean, I'm just but all those mid-tier, like 2017 to 2021 guys, like everything was crazy out of the gate. And then you actually saw what they were as a player. And it's like, well, it's a $10 card now, you know? Well, it's like the auto porters. Like, even when I collected when auto porter was coming out of Georgetown, like, I thought he was going to be good. And Anthony Bennett, like, I still collect during those guys. Like, I thought they were going to be good. Giannis Dude, was like a nobody. Well, the, the problem, the, the problem is, like, the price when they first get released now is everything, all the success is baked into it rather than when we first started. What their prices ended up being is where they started at, like $10, $20 for those cards. And then you can invest in them. But now you can't do that. It's just not possible. Well, you assume once something comes out, it goes down. Yeah, exactly. I would kill for a half decent product to be available before the start of the season. Like, how much fun would Select be or Optic? Prism, I don't expect to ever be available before the season, so it's fine. But like, an Optic or a Select, like a, a product that actually has like good value and like can continue to hold good value down the line, those available during the preseason or right before the season tipped off how actually good would that be because then you could if you really believe in the player like he went to your college or like oh hey i, I like his game and you could actually like invest in the wrong word but like buy into his stuff at like okay prices and if he comes out and does well you can make make money oh my god how terrible like it would be incredible if like this is never gonna happen by the way if we skim down a bunch of products, there's a lot of white noise in sports cards. And that's dude. our second episode ever on, on this podcast was about the white noise. If there was 10 or 15 products and, and you got to pick and choose them, it would be perfectly fine because there's so much garbage that's available. It does not actually need to exist. Well, it's quantity over quality. And it's because Zion and jaw, they milked it out. Like, remember that hoops, premium stock hoops, premium stock, 12 hoops, premium 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 prism stock or whatever the hell they're making uh excuse me jay i'll have you know that i'm offended that you don't like nba hoops premium edition china exclusive uh asia parallel first off the you gotta line. show jay the top or whatever the don Russ like emoji cards oh my god we're gonna go down the emoji route again have you ever seen you those, jay? There's, it's don russ and they i guess they just got so bored that they just started putting random emojis like the parallel on the border I don't know if you've seen those. That's interesting. I will say the timetable on releases is really bad. 
It's awful. It's probably and the, the price worst. points are horrible. I got I don't know how some of the card shops do it buying wax and then it goes down. That's scary. Like I'm glad I don't own a shop. Oh my gosh. Let's see it. What the hell yeah, are you? I'm find a good picture. But uh star one is fine. I want to say about 100. Oh, there's one. 100 emoji Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah. Super cool. Dude, somebody got lazy. There's um, so, there's like happy face ones. There's what is there? Fire there? fire emoji is funny. Fire emoji ones. It's terrible. Um, I I I make this joke every time, and I don't know if it's actually a thing. If there was a poop emoji one or an eggplant emoji, I think I'd PC that. So it would just be absurd. It's um, weird. My thing is, it's, I feel like the gold, man. You want to talk about it, something that I find interesting is I feel like the gold prisms changed, man. The eyes. Hang on, this is the eye emoji. Like less desirable, one. or what do you mean? So stupid. These are horrible. That's like, see, those are the. Gosh, dude, those are horrible. There's no like end user for them. It's the problem. Like no one. What emojis? Them. Hang on, it's mask. That yeah. a fucking mask. Okay, that's actually funny. Is this 2020? Oh, it's 2021. Okay, yeah. all right, that's kind of funny. Oh, it's, it's also number to 19. Show us, your okay. last, show, us your, show us your last 20 purchases. Okay. I mean, it's going to be like card supplies and I think some video games. Like, Let's see what you Okay. Doing. This is what you should do. What are you buying? What are you buying? Sleeves. All right. Cody Bellinger, Definitive. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Go back. That's a steal. You got that for $40? That's f- unbelievable. Yeah, dude. Uh, Did you make an offer? Yeah, he took an offer. Final Fantasy 16. More supplies. I'm offering forty one for my pops. A, a jersey, dude. I'll buy. Hey, go back up. Go back up. You got that jersey for three eighty three. Yeah, that's pretty good. I He's moved it to. Um, I moved it to Jack Suns fan eight for like four twenty five in trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Keep going. Supplies, supplies. Stratego, fucking classic. What, what is uh, that? Uh, this was Acuna, Soto, and Glaber Torres definitive uh, dynasty triple patch auto. That's Super good. nice, dude. You got a steal on that Cody Bellinger. Oh my god, supplies, Garnacho. That didn't work out well. Uh, dude, go back to the Cody Bellinger. I see what you're buying. So, what was he asking on that, dude? This is, should be this should be part of the podcast. What are you buying? Nothing on eBay. I fucking hate let me see eBay. That. Wait, let me see it. I, I can't believe it. Maybe one. That might be one of the best deals I've seen today. He has 75 bucks for rest of OBO. Oh my god. It's game used. Yeah. And he's good. I mean, hopefully he sounds like the Yankees or something. And... $150, $200 card at a show, probably, and you can get like 100 bu- 125 150 for it. I put it on Instagram at 100 bucks for rest offer because I had another one. Yeah, well. That's not bad. It happens. Do you ever find somebody like that and you go on their eBay and you like see what else they have and then all the time that's the yeah, best yeah. way to do it i don't buy a lot on ebay but that's if i find someone that has like a cool card that's what i do i go on their account and see what else they have man that was interesting okay that was a good deal bro you make I me wanna, you make me want to hunt on ebay right now what's up do you want to show your ebay at all or no i'm not signed in but i can show you some cards i got okay. this is like yeah, this is just stupid to me like i bought this for like a hundred bucks it's where jason pierre paul jared allen it's unbelievable oh, that card's it, unbelievable. It's like you can get that or like a Trey Young or like a Trey Young silver card. Like, come on. Oh, those cards must... are timeless. Yeah. 
We missed like, some cool stuff on my eBay. One on one McCutcheon logo, man. It's like three, four hundred bucks. Like you, I, I don't know. I just feel like you can't get better stuff than that in modern cards. And it's always liquid too, and you can yeah. always trade it. So two things we missed on my eBay that are cool. Um, game used curry shoes that were signed. They had my gray certs. I paid thirty five hundred bucks for them. I moved them for five. And then a Vince Carter Vinsanity Auto paid thirteen hundred four. And it was like fifteen, which was cool. That the curry shoes you got a really good deal on. It was an auction. I don't know why you went that on eBay auction, but I. Uh, it's crazy sold. how you can. There still are deals you can find on there. Dude, I was out to dinner with my fiance at like a nice restaurant buying these, and I was just laughing. Do you guys have go-to that you look for like every day, or is it just like how how many hours do you guys think you spend on eBay? I have like save searches. I mean, I'll probably check like. 30 minutes a day maybe i don't i don't check a lot on ebay honestly i'd rather look through like instagram stories because i think i yeah. i check for game used jerseys or game worn jerseys every day maybe a little bit just see what's new um mm. i check nfl auctions every day or two i don't check um nba auctions anymore because they just got bought by sotheby's or they just merge with them so it's kind of a mess um yeah i check ebay for those probably every day maybe every, every other day at the most um because i like game worn gear and like it that is the stuff i will actually like keep and collect and my game worn jersey collection is like eight or nine jerseys now at this point not including the two that are above me um because they're just cooler and i don't really want to flip jerseys uh i will keep them and frame them at some point in time and that will be like my man cave and flipping cards is just easier and more fun I respect it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jay, anything else? Any last comments or things that we didn't touch on? Uh, we're at like an hour now, so like, I'm not going to keep you all day. It's been so casual. It's fun. It's cool. Like that's like dude, We that's... heated up. We broke the ice. It took us like 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you brought You'll the, edit you brought... this, I'm sure. No, I'll edit it very slightly. Like, just like where you cut yeah, out yeah. a little bit. Like, you brought the mood down to something that was like very, like, uh, incredible and great um uh, once again if you can send me the link after this i'm gonna add either yeah i don't know what like, i don't know what the link i think they have called. a gofundme or something Thank or you. his family um i'll put it down below yeah whatever gofundme or, or, or link is available i will uh, be donating to that after this once it's shared um if you can if you want to if you're able to i, I would recommend that as well that's crazy um, and then, yeah, it turned into like a casual conversation. That's what I want this all to be. Like, this is. It's cool. Yeah, this this entire journey. This was a journey in like the best positive way. So, Jay, thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate it. Um, we have some guests lined up in the next coming weeks. I like this style. Having people on who are like really like have a unique perspective. Um, dude, it just, it's just, this is great. Like, I really, thank you for letting us interview you thank you for joining all the important stuff um jay give it give us a sign off or something like and i can make yeah, yeah i got you all right guys so you know what don't forget to subscribe comment like this video and also follow them on instagram and we can see if you don't subscribe and it really hurts our feelings when you guys don't when we look at the comments and you guys aren't subscribed so make sure you're subscribed and also and lastly lastly We'll see you at the Dallas Card Show in January. We'll see you at Culture Collision 
in January. And then in February, we'll see you at the Burbank Card Show. I'll be at two of those. I'll be at Dallas and I'll be at Burbank. And I'll get you to Atlanta. I'm not going to Atlanta. We can, we can have that you conversation. You don't want to miss the basketball game. See Blizz for Santiago too. That's going to be something. All right. Thank you so much, man. And uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Soul Too Early. Boom. All right. Yeah.